mindfulness mode. Trust yourself to navigate it because it will be hard, but if I can do it, anybody can do this. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, I'm here with a, with a coach. She's an author. She's a strategist, strategist. She's a digital media and production expert. And uh, she's, well, she's put out a very, very moving book, which I just finished reading a few days ago, and it was so powerful. This book really had an impact on me. The book is called Unravel, Rising Up and Coming Back from a Season That Damn Near Killed Me. And wow, it was just so moving. I'm here with Stephanie Zamora. Stephanie, are you in mindfulness mode today? I absolutely am, yes. That's great. Stephanie, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness to me is really about being fully present and engaged with each moment as it comes. It's so easy to future trip and worry about things coming up or get lost in the past. And so my practice over the years has very much been what's here in this moment. How can I be fully engaged with it and not split in different directions? Well, your, your mission statement starts off with, I help people step into the truth of who they're here to be. So let's talk about truth. Let's talk about honesty. How do we find our real honesty, which is hidden sometimes deep within us. Definitely can be. It takes really knowing yourself and who you are and being tuned into whatever you want to call it. So I refer to it as intuition. It can be inner knowing, it can be that gut feeling or just that deepest part of you that really knows your truth and who you're here to be and building a relationship to yourself so that you're able to discern between well, everyone thinks I should go this way and this seems really great on paper, but what do I really feel in my body and my heart and my soul? And so having the ability to discern for yourself what's right and true for you and and nobody else can do that. And when other people try, that's where things kind of get messy because they're doing so they're trying to support us and guide us from a place of love but they're not us and they're not in our life and they can't make these decisions for us and so i'm a really big advocate for having that relationship to your body because that's where our intuition and inner wisdom really lives and that requires quite a bit of presence and mindfulness to be able to feel that little like "Mm, mm, that's how my body says no or like oh yeah i feel myself saying yes to this even though it seems crazy and ridiculous on paper well you really came to that point where you had to completely listen to yourself and no one else and that came through very clearly in the book and when you look back at that now how does that look how do you view that from the present looking back that's a great question i have far more understanding and compassion for myself than I think I did in the moment. It was very clear with how my body was responding to me swallowing my truth and not living fully aligned that I I couldn't do it anymore. It was actually a matter of life or death and, and being able to eat and drink and function in the world. And at the time I had spent so much of my life being a people pleaser and really contorting and bending and fitting myself into where everyone else wanted me to be. And so it felt very abrasive. And even though I knew it's what I had to do, 
in the moment, I really did feel kind of like a jerk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so now I can look back with so much more, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. I have much more clarity of how important and essential that was and how gracious I was in it, even though I felt fumbly and mean and, and like I was telling people I didn't care about them when really it was like, I just, I needed to do what I needed to do to heal in that moment. And so a lot more grace and compassion and understanding. I love how the hero's journey is such a big part of what you teach and what you've learned. Tell my listeners about the hero's journey and what it's meant for you. Yeah. So The Hero's Journey is a narrative pattern by Joseph Campbell for anyone who doesn't know, and it consists of three main stages and 12 different steps. And if you study The Hero's Journey, you can really see it at play in every book, movie, myth, story. And about six months after a traumatic loss that I had, I realized I was writing my book. I realized I was writing Unravel and had no idea how to write a book. It wasn't something I had done before, not in that way and started studying the hero's journey. And it really helped me understand how to formulate the storyline. But as I was studying the book, I was still grieving and I was still really in the depths of my trauma and healing from everything. And understanding the hero's journey helped me see where I was at in my own healing process because we're all on a journey and sometimes we're on journeys inside journeys inside journeys. It can, mm -hmm. can get very confusing and overwhelming, but I really realized that I had come past the point of death and rebirth and all there was left to do was to make the choice to rise up and come back, which would in fact be the hardest part of my journey. And so having this framework that you can use to kind of get a point of reference for yourself makes you feel a lot less crazy. And that was certainly the case for me. And it helped me anytime I kind of slid backwards or hit a stumbling point to be like, okay, where am I at in this process? And what is it I need to focus on next? I'm interested in your views looking back at the time in your life when Roger was a part of it. Do you look back now and think, wow, that just had to happen because I needed the support he offered me? Or do you look back with a completely different viewpoint? I look back the same way with a lot of grace and compassion and understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me. I absolutely needed somebody who was willing to take charge mm -hmm. and be in control. And there was so much about that that was healing and beautiful and restful and and there are even times now that i miss that level of support of having someone that so fiercely shows up for you that if they can't they'll send someone else they'll get it done yeah. at the same time that was obviously a very traumatic relationship and experience it was very toxic and abusive and so i speak a lot about these this idea of the magic and the madness and there was so much magic in that relationship and in that particular human. And there was so much madness and chaos and just damage that happened. And so the answer is yes, I can look back while saying, mm, maybe it would have been nicer if I hadn't had to walk through all of that, if I hadn't had to layer that on top of everything else. And yet it was exactly what I needed when I had no ability to really function in my own life. Let's talk about journey mapping how you help people with that, with their journey. How do you do that? 
Yeah, it's it's very similar, but also very different from the hero's journey in the sense that we use some of the same concepts and ideas about figuring out where are you in this path. And I bring a lot more to it from my own experience with healing and growth. And a big piece of it is before we do any of the deeper work of mapping your journey and figuring out where you are and who you're becoming and how to really rise up and come back and reorient and live your purpose now that life has shaped you in such a a big way, we really lay that foundation of knowing who you are, which can be really tricky when we're in that place of just bottoming out into the depths of our journey and really in that underbelly of death and rebirth and all the hard parts of it. It's very disorienting. And we're constantly changing and shifting and growing inside of that. And so it takes a lot of practice and intention and skill to be able to tap into this is who I am in this moment. And this is what I want and feel called towards in this moment, (laughs) you know, and that can shift so dramatically. And so it's really about laying a foundation first of knowing yourself, having that relationship to your intuition, having your own sense of trust and faith in yourself, but also whatever you want to call the greater energy at play in this world and having the skills and tools to navigate everything that you're going to walk through to really heal. Let's talk about the feedback you've received from your book. Have you received a lot of uh, positive feedback or have you received some negative feedback? I'm really curious about that. It's been mostly positive. I would say I had one I think she gave me a three-star review. She was actually part of our book launch team. And I actually really appreciated her review because it was honest from her perspective. I was very fortunate in my journey to have had a lot of support and I worked hard to cultivate that support system. But for her, the book didn't resonate because she didn't have any support systems in place. And so I, I totally understood that and actually really appreciated her feedback. And outside of that, I really had to learn to, again, discern for myself between what's a note worth taking and what's someone's personal opinion, especially in the editing phase, because I can only write my story based on the story that I lived and I can only write it in the way that I can write it. And there were certain things that I wasn't ready to go into in this book or that just didn't fit and will be in my next book. And a lot of the feedback that I would get would be things like, well, I think you need to say more about this. Or I don't think you should say this unless you're going to call it that. And I had to really sit with what's true for me. If I got enough of the same feedback, it would, it was easier to say, okay, this isn't good, or this isn't resonating the way I intend, or it needs a little more work. But there was so much that was just like, okay, you're just curious, um, or you just don't resonate with that part. And that has to be okay, because this is still my book and my story. You do a lot of coaching. You help a lot of people. Can you share a story with us about someone that you've helped to transition from a challenging place in their life to a place of joy and peace? Yeah, absolutely. That's all my work. Even when people come to me to build businesses or launch cool projects, we always get into the muck of unresolved grief and trauma. And I'm working with a very wonderful human right now who is really trying to get back on their feet from a lot of trauma in their childhood, a lot of abuse. And I mean, it's unbelievable the things that my clients have been through. And I feel incredibly humbled and honored to support them. It's it's just insane what, what people go through and what people do to other people. And 
this particular client has done a lot of work on really getting to know themselves and to face the things they've been through and to feel their feelings fully. Feelings and emotions are something that we work with very heavily because they're the gateway to everything. We tend to shut down the negative experiences or the contractive experiences, but that that really diminishes everything and, and doesn't allow us to move through and heal. And so we've spent a lot of time with just learning to be with your experience and to be with your emotions and to understand that when it's messy and it's hard and it's ugly and everything seems like it's falling apart, nothing is wrong. You're just going through that phase of the healing process. And all we hear are these inspiring stories of, I went through a hard thing and I hit rock bottom and I bounced back. And it's like, no, let's talk about how often you cried in the shower <laughs> or how you couldn't pay your bills or, you know, like let's get to the heart of it because most people don't understand that it's supposed to get messy and it's hard and it's heartbreaking and it's gutting and it's some of the worst thing you'll ever do, but the results are amazing. And this particular client has recommitted to her passion and is starting a business and is really finding more joy in her life and is able to feel more safe and secure and to move through those waves and those PTSD and trauma responses with much more ease. Wow, that's fantastic. I want to talk about meditation. Is meditation part of your life today? Yes. I try to meditate for at least 15 minutes every morning. And when I'm, I have too much going on for me, I actually do acupressure. It's something I've been trained in a particular form. And I also, you know, walking meditation is something that is really powerful for me with the trauma that I have and the abuse I've had, I, I sometimes I feel trapped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so if I have to be still and close my eyes, sometimes that's hard for me. And when that's the case, I just, I go for a walk and I get into nature and drawing or coloring or meditative states for me as well. And so I just pick and choose what fits for each day and moment, but I try to do it at least once a day. Let's talk about forgiveness. How do you help your clients with this? Because this can be something that is so difficult, I know, for some of my clients. Yeah. Forgiveness, I feel, really has to be reframed as this is not about excusing their behavior. It's not for them at all. No. It's for you to be free of that hold because when we don't let go and oftentimes we're afraid to let go because then we are afraid that if we don't hold on to this horrible experience and stay angry where history is going to repeat itself we're going to forget we're going to recreate the situation and it has really been about this is for you this is not for them this does not excuse their behavior or their actions at all this is for you. And I do a lot of deep process work in my coaching with my clients, which is meant to get to forgiveness and empty out. And it's just understanding that it can take time. It can take a long time before you can forgive certain people for certain things and to really wrap your brain around how it's for you and not about them. And so for anyone who struggles with forgiveness, it's like, just, just keep seeing what's, what's here that's so unforgivable. And how is this going to affect me if I don't let it go? How is it going to hold me back? It just, it takes a lot of reframing. When you were a child, seven years old, was there any foreshadowing that you would be the kind of woman you are today, helping so many people the way you do? I would say probably. That was right before my parents got divorced. I was very introverted, emotional, 
I really, as far back as I can remember, struggled with, I don't understand this place. It doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone seems to get it, but I don't. And I, I've learned a lot of people feel this way, like they don't belong. They were born at the wrong time on the wrong planet. And that's very much been my experience. And I wish I would have known much younger or been in systems, whether that's family systems or school systems or societal systems that really nurtured my differences Mm -hmm. and what made me unique. And we all have that, what makes us different and special and and the person only we can be contributing in only the way that we can. Because I had a lot of those pieces that slowly got stripped away by life. And so, yeah, I would say seven-year-old me probably had some early um chaotic I would guess my emotions based on things my mom has said um experiences that would have foreshadowed me doing what I do today right right I'm uh really interested in the topic of bullying because I've worked in this field for about 20 years and have helped a lot of people on this topic but do you have a story of bullying of some description where mindfulness maybe would have made a difference Mm, That's a great question. You know, when I was in middle school, I think that was probably the closest I came to bullying. I, I think I, you know, and I don't know where this came from. I think I always had a bit of a mindfulness practice. I mean, I can remember being in situations that were hard or painful, even like the dentist Mm -hmm. and understanding that this, is only a moment in time. And at some point I'm going to be on the other side and I just actually can focus on, you know, this, this is ending as it's happening. And I feel like I took that with me through a lot of my life. And so when it came to people that were cruel or unkind or teased or spread rumors, I just remember having, it's not that it didn't affect me. It certainly did. I was much younger and much, much less emotionally intelligent, but I just had this knowing that this is not all there is. This moment, these people, this school, this neighborhood, I just was always aware that the world was so big, even if I didn't quite know where I fit in it yet. And I think that that really helped me tremendously. And I wish I would have had more mindfulness practices for sure around managing my emotions. Right. Do you have plans for another book? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm writing another memoir. We have two awesome life tips books, which are hanging out up there on the shelves. One is for the dark night of the soul and one is just for living a life that you love. But I am writing what will be a much harder book to write and process, believe it or not, which is all about relationships and relationship trauma and really finding my way home to myself and feeling safe to be me and fully expressed and like understanding that I have worth and value so that one I've started working on and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very nervous to share it for sure, but it's, it's what I do. I write and I share. Mm, that's exciting. Yeah, that really is. <laughs> so as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you uh, five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? I would say one of my friends I met in Hawaii who just always had this peaceful calmness about her and her presence really always reminded me, oh, I can just, I can just relax and be. Okay. How has mindfulness affected your emotions or how you experience your emotions? It has helped tremendously. 
I don't take things as personally and I certainly don't get caught up in them because again, I just remember that time passes and things change and I just have to be present with what is and I'll get through to the other side. Let's talk about breathing. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Breathing is a huge part. I am always breathing. Breath has helped me through the most intense panic attacks and periods in my life. And even before the show, I took some time to just breathe and settle into the space. It's huge. Right. And you've included that in your book as well about the importance of breathing. And if you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what book would that be? I actually am very obsessed with a book called The Last Word on Power by Tracy Goss. It is positioned as doing the impossible for executive leaders, but it is an incredible book for everyone. And she really helps frame a process for unhooking from interpretation and really just being with things for what they are. And that has been incredibly life-changing for me. The Last the Word, last word on, on Power. power. Right. The yeah. Last Word on Power. I'll have to check that book out. Can you yeah. share an app? of any description that can help with mindfulness? I haven't used any apps, but I will say I've heard a lot of friends love the guided meditation apps, and I know that there are a lot of them. Right, right. I'd love you to share with our audience, Stephanie, and this isn't part of our quick answer section, but just to share with our audience how you approach helping a client when they touch base with you and they explain to you what they're looking for and what they want to achieve. What's your process? My work is very process oriented, so it's different for everyone. But I would say everything I start off with is rooted around helping them anchor into who they are, but also normalizing whatever they're going through. And that alone can be so incredibly healing when someone feels safe to say, this is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. This is what's happening. This is what I'm afraid of. This is like my horrible traumatic background or my secret shames or these things that I'm doing to hurt myself. It's even just having the space to say that and to be loved anyways and not treated any different is hugely transformational and healing. And that's something that I think is inherent to my personality and that I bring into, like, you can't phase me. It doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. I will respond the same way, which is very loving and very present and very, okay, that's what's here. Let's, let's work with that. What, what do you want to create? Is it different from what you're doing? Is it different from what you're experiencing? What was, what does freedom look like for you? And let's work through this muck that's here. Like, and, and that's, a gift I wish I wish more people could give to each other just in day-to-day life. You've got a great podcast, Tales from the Journey, and that can be found at talesfromthejourney.tv. Tell me some of the things that you've learned from interviewing people and sharing your ideas on that podcast. It's been so much fun. I, you know, the podcast, part of it's purpose is really research for an institute that we're going to start in the very near near future. And it has been so fascinating because I've gone into it with my model, what I've seen and how I work with people in the journey mapping process and all of these concepts. And it's been really fun to both see a lot of that reflected back, like actually get to hear and talk about stories of people who are great models for this work in so many different ways and all the things that I thought were true, you know, being, being reinforced, but also getting new insights and awarenesses of like, Oh, look at that. There's this common thread here 
around persistence or surrender. And I may have talked about that in certain ways, but I'm seeing it so much more in these stages. And so it's been really fun and fascinating for me. And I just, I'm very curious. So I love hearing people's stories and I love knowing people to hear their stories, but to do it with this openness of, let's see how much of what I think I know to be true about this work, how it plays out in other people's journeys and what don't I know? What am I wrong about? It's been a lot of fun. You talk about incongruent living and how so many of us are experiencing that. Do you see a new awakening coming when this pandemic starts to let up and we're moving out of it and into a new place? Yeah, I think a lot of us see that coming because this has been a very eye-opening time, whether we wanted it to be or not, and people have been forced either to to work harder or go harder or be more than they're used to having to be or to sit still and to slow down and to be with themselves and to be around their families more. And I just think there's been a lot of awarenesses. There's been a lot of trauma from this experience and there's been a lot more conversation happening about, I don't think we want to go back to normal. Normal was kind of a mess. And so I think there's a lot that's gonna happen in the coming years that we're gonna see things really shift as they should. And it's gonna be really chaotic and turbulent, but it's just like personal growth and healing. We'll get to the other side of it. I agree with you completely, yes. Well, Mindful Tribe, check out stephaniezamora.com, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-I-E, Z or Z, it should be in the United States, A-M-O-R-A.com. Yes, check that out. And Stephanie, do you have any final words of advice for anyone listening today who has experienced trauma and who is struggling? What would your words of advice be? Yes, do the work, whatever that looks like and means for you. That can be hiring someone, that can be books, it can be just learning mindfulness and meditation and utilizing different skills and modalities, but it's hard and it's heartbreaking. And I never sugarcoat this work because I just, I think that that is very misleading and damaging. It's, it's gutting. It's awful. And it is some of the most incredible work you'll ever do because what's on the other side is everything that you want and not only everything that you want to feel and experience and be, but a far richer version of it because you're not bogged down by all the old stuff that's stored in your body and your cells and just give yourself that gift and trust yourself to navigate it because it will be hard. But if I can do it, anybody can do this and anybody can get to the other side and be really genuinely happy and fulfilled. And Mindful Tribe, that's one of the things I loved about Stephanie's book, Unravel, is that she completely tore herself open for the reader. I mean, she completely exposed herself and and shared so much. It, she just became so vulnerable in the words on those pages. So thank you for doing that, Stephanie. And thank you for being on Mindfulness Mode today. Yes, thank you for having me. And thank you so much for this incredible work that you're doing. It's so important and so needed. Thanks so much. All the best to you. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, as I said during this interview, it was such a pleasure to interview Stephanie because her book meant so much to me. It really did. It was so powerful and, I mean, there was a lot of pain there, as I mentioned in the interview, but it was like so valuable to 
to learn about her journey and to move through with her the way she carried the the reader through with her and until she reached some sort of resolution to the pain she was experiencing and although I haven't read it yet the book she she recommended I'm sure must be absolutely fantastic just knowing what kind of person she is and knowing what kind of writer she is and just as a reminder the book she recommended is called The Last Word on Power by Tracy Goss so I I am going to order that and and read that and now that it's September Mindful Tribe I hope that you are experiencing peace you know I hope that you have have a contentment in your life and I'm not really sure why I said now that it's September but it just feels like we're moving into a new season somehow and our son Ben has gone off to university now again after having been with us for a year and a half he was still studying online but because of COVID he was with us now he's gone back he'll still be studying online but he will be in university residence and with fellow students he'll be able to you know compare notes and be with with others that he can identify with and I'm really happy for him really happy for him and proud of him and everything but I'm always so thrilled to hear from you mindful tribe any of you who reach out for him to me and a lot of you do and you know it's just always such a pleasure to receive emails to receive you know messages saying you'd like to talk on zoom which I'm always happy to do so you know reach out to me send me an email bruce at mindfulnessmode.com the way so many others do I'd love to hear from you just to hear a little bit about where you're at what you're doing how is life treating you any suggestions for an episode you know anything like that and I often send out you know, mindfulness mode mugs or mindfulness mode t-shirts. And, uh, you know, I hope this isn't happening, but if you are experiencing pain, like Stephanie described, if you are experiencing, you know, anger or hurt, or you're going through a tough time and you just long for contentment in your life, well, send me an, an email and we'll set up a Zoom call and talk about it. Maybe maybe I can help you through hypnosis. And hypnosis is a beautiful gift. It really is because it can help you move through these, these challenges in, in life. So thank you again so much for listening and being part of Mindfulness Mode and being a Mindful Tribe member. I appreciate you so much. So... Like I almost always say, take what we learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.